everyone, welcome to the second season of Roadside Rumors. I'm Sanika. And I'm Kabul. And today we're going to talk about body positivity with Bertha and Siofang. Um, so Bertha, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Bertha Chen. Uh, I'm the founder of Curvation.com, a website for plus size Asian and um, plus size fashion and also body positivity messages, um, especially in Asia. Um, I also am a freelancer for art projects in, in graphic design. Yeah, hi everyone, I'm Zilfong. So um, I am uh, my official job title is a teaching assistant at the University of Hong Kong um, during gender studies and comparative literature. Um, but I'm also a professional female bodybuilder. But then I identify myself as a gender fluid and non-binary person. So I'm also an active like advocate on gender fluidity and gender possi uh, gender possibility, um, and yeah, and also uh, and I'm also an ambassador of the Gay Games 2022, uh, which will be held in Hong Kong in Asia the first time. So Gay Games is actually um, a multi-sports event um, that embraces uh, basically gender and sexuality diversity in sports. Okay, so um, what does body positivity mean to you guys? Body positivity is something that I try not to be too theoretical. <laughs> uh, you know, like you can go to really like concepts and stuff. But for me, I think, um, you know, in a very straightforward sense is how you see your body in a very positive sense, right? Uh, you know, embracing different types of bodies. Especially, uh, in particular, I think uh, for women, women's body or you know or a more appropriate word a female body a lot of times is a female body is actually there's a lot of constraints by the society and by our culture or by different cultures about how especially female bodies should look like you know you have to have some sort of ideal kind of beauty standard you know of how women's body should be and if you go over that standard, either you go too big or too muscular or too skinny, uh, people will start to you know gossip, talk about you, and then you will you will receive a lot of like social pressure. And also, of course, like in Chinese traditional Chinese societies, you also receive a lot of family pressures, right? So um, a way of um, looking into body positivity is to really embrace the different kinds of women's body, in particular female bodies. Um, in the society, so you can be whoever you want to be. You can be more curvy, you can be skinny, or even you can be muscular if you want. And it doesn't need to be, you know, uh, in my case, like muscles doesn't need to be muscular, right? It doesn't need to be manly, right? It could be, you know, it could be embodied within a female's body too. Yeah, I agree on everything you, you were saying. Um, uh, but I have to also put on top is that the, the originally, Body positivity. This idea is created by Black women, um, where they are the one who get all the criticizing the most about how they should look like. Because compared to the Western beauty standards, they are the the furthest away from what deemed beautiful, like blonde hair, white skin, really feminine features on their body. Um, but at the same time, I think men are also facing the, the same problem as in, you know, when sometimes they they have to live way and they they skip their leg days, right? Then they're like, oh, you skip your leg days. But who says you have to have big legs to, right? Like for, for, for what? For beauty standards also. Um, body positivity is, it's really 
um, an idea we have to break so that I think most people can progress to something else, something better, something that doesn't really focus on the appearance of a person, but more like what they can do as a person. So like I find that is the more like the fundamental of what body positivity means. But I also think that it's, it's, really, it's really important, like right now we have to extend it beyond like women, beyond female bodies, but also look into, for example, uh, male bodies or even transgender bodies yes. or you know, bodies of differences. Um, and we shouldn't have one standard for each body right? mm-hmm. or each gender or each sexuality. But then to embrace really the diversity, the possibilities of how we can mold our bodies. Exactly. Um, so I think both of you have come a long way on your journey. So do you have any like highlights or very like memorable moments during your journey that you might want to share with us? So I think mine comes from lately. I was on a, a trip for myself. It's the first time ever I've done something like that. For I've been away for two months trying to look for myself, you know, to find myself, or what it really means to be myself. And uh, at one point, I was in a hotel room with my girlfriend, and I was wearing this bikini, um, leaning on the side of the window. And she's like, I'll take some photos of you. And so I was there sitting down with all the fat rolls on my on me just showing and i'm like i feel very comfortable with myself and i i when she took the photos i look at it i'm like this is the first time ever for me not to feel ashamed for for what i see on my body like the fat that i have i'm like wow it's like it took me all these years even though i've been you know talking about body positivity for for so long. Uh, mine is very similar. It also happens with a bikini. <laughs> so I think bikini is for, uh, I think everyone should own a bikini. Yeah, yeah. or enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's, uh, it goes back, back to 2015 when I first decided to get into my first bodybuilding competition. Uh, but before that, you know, I, I started really like serious bodybuilding training since like two, late 2013. So the whole year of 2014, I was like preparing and I was mainly struggling because like um, I am legally woman, legally female, so I have to compete, you know, going to rules, you have to compete as a woman. And I identified as more as a transgender man during that time. So I was struggling because if I identify myself as a man, then why would, why would I go on stage as a woman? Or even, and even so, in bodybuilding competitions, you are not only wearing a sports bra and shorts, right? You have to wear a bikini, and then a lot of times it has to be very feminine bikinis. So, um, so I go through stages of struggling, and I think the the, the, the one one of the a lot of reasons that I you know I finally get released, but uh, one of those is that. Um, I really look into well. I really look into like research, gender research, and I realized. And also, I was able to met uh, the first gender fluid, gender non-binary uh, friend of mine. Now she's my he or she is my friend. Um, but yeah, at the time that I first met that person, I was so astonished. Like, oh, there, there was someone that even I myself could not identify whether it, 
know, he or she is a he or she, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that fascinated me, and I thought, like, it, wow, your gender could be that performative, right? That we get fluid. And, uh, and then I slowly, you know, take away all these gendered labels on clothing, um, especially not stressing that, you know, bikini has to be only worn by women, or, you know, you will look womanly, or, you know, your masculinity will be erased because you were wearing a bikini, etc. So I think that is that is that is how I start to see my body in a more positive way. Not feeling as as you do, not feeling ashamed of wearing a bikini and I can and then you have to pose really confidently on stage. It's not just not feeling ashamed, but you have to feel good, right? Wearing one. Um, you said that you, at the time, you identified as a transgender man. So why did you choose to go into bodybuilding? Do you think that's something that you associated with masculinity at the time? Yeah, I think uh, at the beginning, yes. At the beginning, like, you uh, know, I always wanted to build more muscles, to be more muscular. Um, of course, at the very beginning, I didn't know it, it was related to my gender identity. It was more about, you know, it's just instinct. I just want to be more masculine. You know, I, I did want to be more... Like, I, will, I want to be a more muscular woman you know, at the beginning. And then later on, I had a period of time identifying myself as a trans man and thought that, you know, I want to be you know, seen and passed as a man. I want, to, I want people to you know, address me, sir, or, you know, because of my probably my body shape, my muscularity. And so that's why I started bodybuilding. But in the process, I, you know, I, I discover my new identities and then in the process I realized that I can also feel comfortable, uh, you know, doing all these like, where a lot of people say it's too feminine, right, feminine things, like wearing a bikini on stage, you have to twist your butt, you know, you have to, you know, you have to act like you're like a Miss Hong Kong or something, right, and then you have to flex the muscle but then you have to flex it in a more feminine way, so that is very interesting in the sense that of course there are a lot of no, we do cultural studies. We know that you know a lot. There's a lot of like all the stereotypes. You know all these like cultural assumptions about women, about femininity, about gender, about muscles. But at the same time, for me, it's uh, it's like a, you know, it's very performative. Like it's very fluid. It's very performative. And as long as you don't put yourself into the box of you know it's oh it's 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 restraining me. It's boxing me. But then instead to see it as something that oh. Well, I really try, I can try to explore something new. That, that I usually won't do. Like, I won't usually wear, you know, all these earrings, you know, makeup, you know, necklace, whatsoever. And, and I realized that, you know, I really experience how gender has to be performed, right? I have to learn how to walk or, you know, uh, you have to pretend. We, 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 we're in my category um, in the competition. I don't need to wear, uh, I don't need to wear high heels. So it's barefoot, but then a lot of women I realize when they go out and you know perform, a lot of times they were just they were just pretending they were in high heels because they want to look more feminine. Like that's very interesting to me. So I have also to learn. But then I look. <laughs> so it's so much about you know uh, exaggerating how we normally perform gender because why a lot of times we are pretty unconscious about it. So uh, the whole journey sounds really overwhelming and like amazing at the same time but were there any times where you felt really were there any times where you didn't like the experience or you didn't enjoy the experience as much um, for a long period of time i i was pretty ashamed of my own body of my masculinity especially when i have to go to the female changing room because i do uh, i do both but I can do both, but I, I usually in here in Hong Kong, I usually do it to the female changing rooms. So for a long period of time, for like when I train, I feel 
um, it's a mixture of shame, guilt, and you know, uncertainty. And you know, you don't, you just don't know when will, when will someone pops up and say something bad to you because you don't want to feel bad. You want to concentrate on your training, but at the same time, all these people coming gossip talk about you. And sometimes a lot of them, they talk, they gossip behind you, right, be, right in front of you. Right? So our recent uh, experience is that. Um, Actually, I forgot already that you know a woman actually was so shocked by me, a middle-aged woman, so shocked by me at the gym, at the changing room, basically. Uh, she was having some. She said she had some strong emotions or whatever reaction that I totally forgot. And then a month or so later, and then she just came. So a few days ago, she just came up to me, um, you know, out of nothing, and then she said, "I wanna uh, probably you don't remember me, but I really want to say I'm so sorry. I feel sorry about that day. I respond to you know too much, and I say um, I really don't remember you, <laughs> uh, but thank you for that. Thank you for you know for telling me." And she said, "Oh yeah, um, yeah, I see you train or something like that, and I and I appreciate and keep up the work, something like that." That's <laughs> from middle-aged woman who is usually typically you know pretty narrow-minded usually. Or we just assume that, right? So uh, both of you have had very different journeys when it comes to body positivity. But how do you think a Hong Kong society or the way people in Hong Kong perceive bodies have influenced the way you see yourself? I think like born and raised in Hong Kong, this is the the main problem that we were facing as we were growing up because the conservativeness, the, the you know, the the idea that the family was telling us, teaching us. Right, the the standards they were being told that was brought to us really made us feel ashamed of ourselves for no reason. Um, yeah, that that I think that was basically how I got into all the the bad things I did to myself when I was younger. I had eating disorder when I was 21 years old, but before that I was already put on diet pills and diet plans by my parents. So ever since I was 12. So like my whole teenage life and early 20s were all messed up because of that. And it's all because of beauty standards that we're facing in Hong Kong. It's so so narrow that it doesn't really accept anything else but just one standard. And that's why we are having this conversation right now to try to normalize you know, what, what beauty standard means. Um, try to tell people there shouldn't be one standard, there shouldn't be, like, just don't listen to what they tell you and, and see it for yourself. I think not only, like, Hong Kong, but, like, in Asia in general. Like, yeah, for me, like, coming from an Indian family, I think, like, I got lucky because my parents, like, they came to Hong Kong, like, a really long time ago. But when I go back to India, like, I see, like, a lot of my cousins, they're, like, trying to, you know, whiten their skin. Or, like, they'll make comments, like, oh, you gained weight. Or, like, like they just have, like, that one ideal ideal um, beauty standard that everyone has to follow. So once you're a little bit out of it, they're just, like, they'll just point it out and not make you feel good. Yeah. We're not embracing our own originality right like we we told to follow what's in the west and mm -hmm. that's why right like like white white palest skin is nice yeah. like western features are nice yeah all these <laughs> should be abandoned and you know we should just be ourselves like all the beauty magazines you can see from vogue from from cosmopolitans and if you read all the magazines from like 10 years ago all they say is about how to look slimmer like even though it's like unhealthy diet plans they will just right like they tell you this is what it takes to be thin to be skinny that's the only standard could you explain a little bit about your concept behind your um 
project curvation? Oh, so, well, to start with, because I myself is one a plus-size woman in Hong Kong, and I never felt accepted as a person. Uh, as a teenager, um, I couldn't fit in because of the way I look, and I've been bullied a lot because of, of it, and I think a lot, everyone faced that when they were younger, um, but especially bigger people, because you don't actually get like a normal social social environment where you can actually date somebody or feel loved or feel welcomed right like they pick on you because you look different so i started curvation because i want to showcase all the other different curves in asia that's why it's called curvation um curves doesn't just mean like curvy curve it could be any curves you know even a straight line could be a curve sometimes because we're not just a ruler right we're a body a body has different curves so do you guys remember growing up what was was there like little Fung that aspired to be a certain type of way what was your ideal body that you wanted to achieve Oh, that that is a very interesting question. Like, uh, I really didn't really talk too much about that before, and uh, and you know, just listening to your conversations just now, it reminds me when I was in my teenage year. Um, I once at the very very beginning when I started to enter into puberty, you know, I, I was pretty late, you know, among you know same age girls. So I was pretty late in terms of my menstruation, in terms of my breast growing, and I always lagged behind, so to say. I'm always very skinny type. So um, yeah, and I had, and I was darker because my mom loved to put me to some bathing. <laughs> Whereas yeah, it is a good thing, but I'm I'm, bit, I'm darker than a lot of girls. Um, and you know, with that kind of beauty standard of like being white is better, you know, being curvy in a certain way is better. Um, it really makes me feel ashamed for a really long time, especially like uh, you know when I was in my early teenage years. Um, so I had some at the very beginning. Of course, I wanted to be you know like them, you know like like those you know models from you know all these magazines that you know, they have white skin, they have like a smooth and white skin. You know puberty, you have all these acne and so you know smooth and white skin and. Maybe a little bit more breast, that kind of thing. My first girlfriend actually wanted me to have like a, a bigger breast. She forced me to drink a papaya milk for, for a year. Oh my god, I heard that, <laughs> I heard that too. Yeah. Oh, that is not work. papaya milk, it's yeah, soy it's, milk. It's soy milk? That's why we don't grow. You drink the wrong milk. You want a bigger breast, you go for soy okay. milk. <laughs> Oh yeah. really? Yeah, my my breasts were too big because I drank a too lot much of soy milk. Yes, uh, it's hormones. It's really like yeah, I think it's hormone induced. So uh, yeah. yeah, so I was um, I had for for a very short period of time I actually had this um, you know image you know, wanting to be you know just like typical normal woman you know, and later on I realized that oh my skin is darker and I cannot get it whiter because I'm not that I mean I maybe I did too much sunshine when I was like younger so usually people would get white after doing a sunshine and some bath some, and I didn't really go back I mean it's 
not reversible for me. So just get darker and darker. So I was like, oh, maybe then I will just be someone who's darker. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was how I think. Like, that was very interesting. So if I cannot be the whitest, then I will be the darkest. <laughs> yeah, you so, accept yeah. who you are and you, you make not it. Not really, not but uh, it's, that, it's, it's more like there's no the way reality. out. It's better, it's better than like, in the middle. Like. <laughs> and later on when I was like more into uh, identify as a transgender man or more like masculine, you know, transgender, whatever. Um, I started to envision myself to to be, you know, again, fitness model. A lot of times it's from fitness magazines. Uh, you know, all these beach boys, right? Yeah. Uh, with really broad shoulders, really big back, and really tiny waist, you know, and then like, like you know, going out, you know, yeah, not lobster. Not yet, probably. Like a SpongeBob lobster. <laughs> no, it's a Dorito, right? Like no, a Dorito. Like Really? Well, they yeah. call it inverted triangle, right? Okay, like a Dorito. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that was how I wanted to be. Like, you know, have six packs, you know, um, and going to the beach, going shirtless as in, to the beach, and no one would be criticizing my abs or chest, that kind of thing. So for a period of time, I did that until I do bodybuilding. So my whole world changes <laughs> because now my, my aesthetic is more about the bodybuilding slowly realize that women and men actually have the same muscle um, anatomy. So basically women and men can build same type, same kind of muscles. I mean a lot of times it's just women restraining themselves, oh I cannot be that big. Or if I put on five pounds and then I off my weight, then I would suddenly become a man. <laughs> so that's how people usually think. You're still thinking about that. Um, but in terms of muscles, muscles are genderless. So there are no genders, so they're the same, they have the same anatomy. Maybe the size and the shape would be a little bit different, but it's also very genetic. So everyone has different, like you know, body composition. So some can get get on weight really quickly. Some can just pull up weight really quickly. So everyone is different. I mean, that's that's the beauty of your bodies, right? That's the beauty of you know embracing who you truly are, who you truly your body truly is. And how supportive were your parents growing up? I feel like parents are usually like the big, like the most significant figures in our life. So, how was your, how was the reaction from your parents? My whole life, they have been trying to change the way I look, just because I'm not the same as most of the other women. I think most of the time when we hear story about when people have any beauty standard issue, like image body image issues, is coming from home like how they were told since young age that they're not good enough <laughs> yeah um i think every family is pretty similar especially asian families yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially if you have a more conservative or traditional families uh for me like my i come from a pretty conservative family but then luckily like uh, it takes it really takes time uh for my parents to actually accept who i am so at the very beginning when i started to bodybuilding uh, women, uh, my, my parents, especially my mom, was very against it. Like she would show, she would look into all these female bodybuilders and then she would show the muscles and images of women bodybuilders to all of my relatives and then to say that, you know, let's see, she's going to be like this. <laughs> oh, right. And she tried to get everyone to support her <laughs> Yes, But at least she's making them expect something instead of like, <laughs> look, this is how she becomes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, and, then she, and then later on, and then she, she started to say, 
tell people that oh she's only like that because she's competing. Afterwards, she become normal again, back to normal. <laughs> yeah, there's no such yeah. thing as normal. Yeah, so. and for like, in her in her in her language, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh she will get back to like normal routine and normal muscularity, not that muscular. It's just for competition. Well, at the beginning, that was also how I told them <laughs> that I would become normal again, back to normal. But of course, they realized that it never gone normal anymore. And I and then like recently, my mom was pretty. I mean, she had gone. That I, I once I compete in Hong Kong, and my father refused to come because uh, probably he didn't want to see me in the bikini. Um, and my mom insisted that I have to come and see. And like you know, at the beginning, she was that kind of person that says my uh, my muscles are so ugly, and then I tell everyone that it's so ugly, right? And after my competition, I got fourth in that competition, and she went to the backstage and she told me that. I think you should win because you have the most muscle, <laughs> and I think that was a pretty good sign. I mean, like she shift from thinking that my muscles are ugly, and you know she wants to think that oh, you should be winning. Like, that and I said, mom, it's not only about muscle. <laughs> so now we're gonna have a fire round, and we'll give you guys a statement, and you have to say yes or no. Yeah, so at the same time, we'll start. The first statement is, I'm completely satisfied with my journey with my body. Yes. yes. Okay. I consider myself to be beautiful. Yes. yes. I compare myself with society's ideal standards of beauty. No. no. Woohoo! You guys are on the same page. <laughs> okay. Do you feel pressurized to behave in a certain way? No. Not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty. Do you guys have any th- any final, final thought or any mm-hmm. advice for other podcast listeners? There is so many things to say, really. So if you want to talk to me, look for me online, and then we'll have a conversation about whatever you want to talk about. My, um, you can look for me on BerthaChen.com or Curvation. My Instagram is uh, <laughs> Just my final, you know, advice is. Be true to yourself and be yourself, and at the end, you always win. Yay! Thank you, Thank guys. You. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much for being on our first episode. Thank first you. Season.